0: Hello and welcome to Hyatt Report, and this is your host, Omar Hyatt. Almost 20 years ago, the United States and its allies invaded Afghanistan to root out Al Qaeda and Taliban. This was in response to horrific and brutal 9 11 terrorist attacks against the United States in 2001. Over the years, we in the West were told that the country Afghanistan was making and had made significant progress in terms of education and women's rights. We were told that Afghanistan now had a quote-unquote functioning democracy, and although somewhat nascent, the US and its allies had helped build an Afghan defence force that could face off much of the threat posed by a potential Taliban insurgency. Even recently, on the 8th of July 2021, in a briefing, when asked the current President of the United States, Joe Biden, if Taliban takeover of Afghanistan was inevitable, Biden responded with, quote, the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world. And an air force against something like 75,000 Taliban, it is not inevitable, unquote. In the same briefing, Biden also remarked, and I quote, I trust the capacity of the Afghan military, who is better trained, better equipped and more competent in terms of com- conducting war. Unquote. Now it has been a few days that Taliban has taken over Afghanistan, including its capital Kabul. Um, but of course, um, they are saying that the the Afghan International Airport, which is uh, which is the only way out of the country, is under the control of U.S. forces. Um, However, control might not be the word one would use to describe the chaotic scenes that are emerging from Kabul's airport. Um, I have seen videos on social media, um, widely circulated, widely viewed videos on social media platforms showing Afghan men in their traditional attire in hundreds running after a moving US Air Force plane attempting to board the plane and route to who knows where. Subsequent video showed that at least two men who clung to that aircraft fell from an altitude that would make survival less likely. As it happens in a conflict such as this, which spanned over two decades, there were multiple stakeholders in Afghan conflict who sought to benefit from the end result. United States and the West obviously wanted to ensure that Afghanistan does not become a base for any future attacks against the US soil, or for that matter, the West. India was pandering to the regime installed in Kabul by America to expand its sphere of geopolitical influence, and also to, pre- to prevent Pakistan from expanding its sphere of influence over Afghanistan. Pakistan, along with the United States, had been previously involved in Soviet-Afghan conflict, and again got involved in the conflict under the umbrella of war on terror, and by all accounts paid a price for these involvements over the years. So it was natural that it did not want to lose a neighbour like Afghanistan, for which it made sacrifices to another neighbor like India with which it mostly had strenuous relationship since their partition in 1947 Iran Afghanistan's neighbor to the west had cooperated with the United States between 2001 and 2003 in toppling al-Qaeda and Taliban because both of these ideologies at the time were hostile against Shia Muslims And Iran was and is a predominantly Shia country. However, by the end of the conflict, Iran seemed to have wanted nothing more than the US troops to leave Afghanistan. Meanwhile, China, Afghanistan's neighbour to the northeast, was watching the conflict play out carefully without any direct involvement. Suffice to say, there were many interests at play in this modest-sized Central Asian country, each seeking to shift the tide in their favour. But as we now know, the biggest winners that have come out of this conflict are Taliban for obvious reasons, followed by Pakistan as it seemed to have succeeded in warding off its arch-nemesis, India's influence from the country. Russia and China seem optimistic. The mood in the West is somber. In my opinion, the people here might be waking up to the fact that the American military industrial complex may just have lied all these years about the so-called progress that was that was being made in Afghanistan with their tax dollars. Those of us who have been following the conflict without following corporate mainstream media's narrative, we knew all along, or at least had the inkling, that this conflict was not going anywhere. And sooner or later, America was going to withdraw due to enormous costs associated with occupation. The only beneficiaries at this stage of this occupation appear to be the defence contractors, the weapons manufacturers and the now-in-exile puppet regime of Kabul, whose leader, according to some reporting, left the country with, quote-unquote, bags full of cash. The losers, on the other hand, appear to be many. For starters, the US and its allies did not succeed in their attempts of "Quote unquote nation building," whatever that whatever that was supposed to be, then there is a right wing nationalist Indian government which pull all its e- which put all its eggs in one basket, and billions of dollars later finds itself isolated on world stage when it comes to Afghanistan. Its media, as per usual, is in a state of frenzy, at times screaming from their well-lit air-conditioned studios about how the US failed in Afghanistan. In my opinion, these hyper-nationalist Indian media outlets were in a state of denial, wherein they thought their country was somehow, as it happens in a Bollywood movie, at the last minute will rescue Afghanistan from its own people, i.e. Taliban. And now when they realised how insignificant their country's role is when it comes to Afghanistan, they're blaming everyone, including Pakistan, for Taliban's takeover of Afghanistan. Like, for heaven's sake, I'm telling you, if you watch one of these clips from um, an Indian media outlet, it's going to blow your um mind away not in a good way these people are are good at, like they they are atrocious at creating propaganda like they scream they yell at their guests they have shouting matches and god knows what like in what world is it okay for a journalist to scream and yell at people whom he or she has invited Um, on his or her show to give opinion. Like, that's what these people do. Like, I wouldn't even call them journalists. Like, these people are just there to make money, I guess. And they happen to have news channels um, as their platforms. That's it. And the, 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 the propaganda that's coming out of India is just atrocious. And in a lot of cases, they're using Afghanistan as an excuse to fuel Islamophobia. And what they're doing is actually um using uh, the case of Afghanistan um, to create more rhetoric against um, Muslims of their their own country like they per- they're perpetuating all these um, things about Islam which they will that which they know eventually is going to create um, or polarize their society in a way that m- most of the majority community in India would think that all Muslims are like that which uh, w- I don't know if they already think that, but that's what they're attempting to do. They're attempting to polarize their community against their own. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Indian media outlets are just nuts. That, I, will leave, I, I will leave it at that. Meanwhile, amidst an onslaught of warmongering by mainstream corporate American media, the US President Biden addressed his nation about the recent developments in Afghanistan. And defended his decision to with- withdrawal of troops from the country, and explained the reasons. He also stated in his address that he quote urged the Kabul regime to engage in diplomacy to seek a political settlement with the Taliban. This advice was flatly refused. Mr. Ghani insisted the Afghan forces. Would fight, but obviously he was wrong. Unquote. So this is what Joe Biden is saying. He's saying he urged that puppet regime in Kabul to go and, for heaven's sake, negotiate with Taliban so that Afghanistan does not collapse or the the government doesn't collapse. But apparently, this this moron refused to um, indulge in any sort of political settlement, and look where it what and look where it. Le- what it led to, like he fled the country allegedly with bags full of cash. Uh, anyway, and to be fair to Biden, based on his record, he seemed to have he seemed to have been in favor of this withdrawal even when he was the vice president under Obama. Some major players of the world seem to be doing their bit as well. Um, for example, <laughs> French President Emmanuel Macron. He vowed to stop Afghan refugees um, from flowing into Europe with quote-unquote European mechanism. Turkey is building a wall on its border with Iran to stop the flow of Afghan refugees into its territory from Iran. And my country, Australia, um, is acting like it's helpless and cannot do much. Whereas on the contrary, the Australian federal government was being urged for quite some time by various parties, various opposition parties to do more when it came to processing visas of Afghan interpreters who worked with Australian troops in the country. And Britain, unsurprisingly, have a lot to say, but words do not mean much without substance. And recently, I came across a headline where, which basically said that Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the UK, is going to urge Joe Biden to delay um, the the uh, withdrawal timeframe, so he could evacuate um, as many people as he can, like. Honestly, like, for heaven's sake, um, UK thinks it's still a superpower with American military. Like, I honestly don't understand. I just don't. Like, honestly, I do not get it. Canada announced a generic, like, Canada announced a generic, like, the usual what Trudeau does. He went on air and he said he's going to take in 20,000 refugees, blah, blah, blah. But there there hasn't been any details made available. Like, there haven't been any details made available yet. Um, nobody knows how to apply for those refugee visas, for instance. Or what's the process? How long will it take? And all that kind of stuff. It's still a amiss. Against this backdrop, the world at large, at times, purposely, seems to be ignoring the fact that Taliban, since taking over the country, has issued statements... Um, that they would not impede women's education, they would allow women to continue to work, they would not persecute minorities, they would not persecute people who worked for former regime or who worked for foreign forces. Instead, social media and media coverage at large in the West is a buzz with people panicking and expecting monstrosities from Taliban. In my honest opinion, I think this Taliban of 2021 is politically savvy, and they seem to be aware of the fact that their anti antics from 1990s are not going to do them any service. Therefore, the world, or at least the world leaders, should jump on this opportunity and make lemonade from these lemons. They should negotiate formal ties with Taliban, because irrespective of whether the West recognizes them, they're already in control of the country without much bloodshed and, by all accounts, appear to have popular support amongst their Pashtun-speaking citizenry. However, on the other hand, the Taliban, regardless of whether they are recognized as a legitimate government by international players, will need to transition to governance and administration mode rather quickly, they can't successfully, for instance, run a country with just um, being warriors that ousted a corrupt regime narrative. Like they, ju- they need to get down to governing the country. No, look, no one knows for a certain what future holds, but considering the fact that the West continues doing business with countries like Saudi Arabia who, some might argue, shaped the ideology of Taliban, despite their human rights record in general, despite their history of human rights violations in Yemen, despite their murdering of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi, I remain optimistic that the world leaders will find a diplomatic solution with Taliban, if not for the betterment of humanity, then at least for the vast reserves of mineral wealth in Afghanistan.